It's a special day on the Pink Cloud Podcast. Stay tuned to find out more. Good, grateful morning. Thank you for tuning in to the Pink Cloud Podcast. Today is a special day for me. My good friend Nick Cherry has been released from incarceration after his long, long wait. You've heard from him a couple times in the first week of the podcast. So I thought today I would upload his unedited interview. Nick, I am incredibly proud of you. I am incredibly hopeful for you. And thank you so much for being a light in my darkness while I was incarcerated. Here's the full unedited interview with Nick Cherry. I'm here with Nick Cherry um, from Winchester, Frederick County, Virginia. Um, I met Nick, uh, we were both uh, incarcerated together at um, Northwestern Regional Adult Detention Center in Winchester, Virginia. And I think it's important that, you know, we speak to people coming out, not just uh, that are battling drug addiction, but that are trying to get a fresh start out of their life because of incidents that may have been out of their control and how the criminal justice system can take somebody and literally have to get them to go back to, I think it was square one pretty much, right, Nick? Right? When you, when you got back out? Uh, uh, technically, I'm on, I'm on house arrest. Um, okay. I haven't been released yet. Okay, well, um, yeah, let's talk about that then. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's just talk, and then I'll go hey. back in and feed my questions in, okay? Because I want to... Yeah, because I haven't really talked to you since okay. we were in the pod together, you know? Right. Well, they uh, they shipped me down the road to okay. uh, to Coffeewood. Um, I went to Coffeewood for receiving. I was there for about three months, um, and then they shipped me to Cold Springs, which is a work center uh, down in Augusta County, um, Virginia. Um, I was down there for about 18 months, and they said that the quickest way to get out of there was – put in for work release. So I put in for work release in November of 19. They brought me back to Winchester. Um, and I started working after the first of the year. Um, so I've been with that job, that same job, um, since then. Um, and then of course with the, the, the coronavirus, they shut work, the, re, the work release program down. Um, and either put individuals on furlough or put us on house arrest. Um, okay. So, first of all, how thankful are you right now during the time of COVID that you are not currently incarcerated? <laughs> well, I mean, even even at the start, um, I was when when it before they declared the state of emergency and all. Um, I was leaving and I was going to work and I was going back to the jail every day. Oh my um, goodness. And, and it, and it was stressful because you have all these different individuals who are working in different environments coming back to the same place. Um, and you know, we didn't know what was hap happening. Of course, you know, they don't give us any information. Um, and you know, we were talking some of us that were in the pod together um, at work release. And we were like, you know, we're just as likely to catch it from the CEOs that are going home 
as we are from each other. That's ex- um, that's exactly so, right. And and I would imagine that there was no testing going on at the facility uh, they, or minimal. If, if you showed symptoms, um, mm-hmm. they they would quarantine, but uh, they weren't even checking temperatures regularly. Um, they didn't really start doing that until like I'd say two weeks before we went home. Um, they either put us out on furlough or or released us um, to house arrest. So. And, and um and how much longer do you have on your house arrest? Um a maximum of six days. Okay. So I, I, I get released August twelfth at the latest. Um they put me in for early release due to um a bill that was passed by the General Assembly. Um, but that's a, a whole it's a mess. Um, found out that the jail sat on my paperwork for a couple of weeks because certain individuals didn't feel that I qualified um, for early release due to the nature of my charges. Um, so they eventually put in for it, um, and it's been two and a half weeks now. So, I mean, I've got six days left. Either way, either way I'm going to be a free man in six days. Yeah, and, and that's incredible because – Man, I remember, you know, when I was in there, I I didn't know when I was getting out, but we all knew that it was just a short time. You know, I was just waiting for my court date and hopefully things went well. But, you know, I remember, you know, one, you were one of the few people that I could have an, an intelligent conversation with about anything, you know, about you. And two, you were determined to get out. And not like a lot of people in there, you weren't determined to get out to, to go back to a negative lifestyle. You were determined to get out to be, the to be a father, right, to your daughter, you know. And that's what kept you right. hungry and kept you kept you in a in a in a positive mindset even when things looked down. You were you you tried your hardest to stay positive. Now, luckily, you know. I had a good support network, um, which parts of that fell away throughout my incarceration. Um, but I always had my faith to fall back on, um, and the friendships that I built while I was incarcerated. Um, faith was was the the big thing that that really brought me through. Um, just reconnecting with the Lord and reading my Bible and, and reopening that aspect of my life because for many years I, I closed it off um and and I ran um you know depression I let depression and PTSD take over and um just the things that I had been through um with the, the accident the car accident and the, the work accident um it just that along with with alcohol and the pain medication it it controlled my life um and once that was out of my life and i I started to learn to rely on the lord um it 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 really made a change in me and it and it's funny how how just the little things like that and knowing that if you just turn it over and you have that faith 
right? That everything will work out. How much of a weight is lifted off of your shoulders? You know, it's like, you don't, you know, you're not carrying it all, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, that you have someone that's been through far worse. Um, you know, if you read the Bible, Jesus went through <laughs> worse than, than anything that we could ever go through. That we could um, ever imagine. And, and he, he walks right beside us. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's what keeps me motivated. I, I wake up every morning, I do my devotions, and I still exercise religiously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That, I, I, you know, and it's funny because, you know, I, I remember – Man, some of those workouts we used to do in uh, in the pod together, and we would all the time we were working out, and that was really like my first introduction to getting in shape. And then to where I went from that, it's uh, it's funny because I'd start doing workouts, and I'd be like, "Oh, this is like something I do in jail. Yeah, I can do this," you know. <laughs> and uh, man, the because it had been what about two years? Yeah, a year and a half. Since uh, we've seen each other? Almost two years. I got out August 15th of uh, two years ago, of 2018. Yeah. Yeah, but I went down the road before that. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. You did. I went down the road in April. Um, so it's been over two years whenever. You know I, what? It, almost... It's been three years because it was 2017 when I got out of jail. Now that I think back. Was it? it? Yeah, I got out in 2017, August. Cause I got clean in January and then I went back in for warrants. So you went down the road after I got out. I did. I yes. did. Now, now that I'm piecing it all back together. Yes. But okay, because I so, remember you were either like, let me get the appeal or send me down the road. Right. Yeah. Right. Which they, they shot the appeal down. They yeah. uh, said that it was ungrounded, which it's, <sighs> that's a whole nother mess that we could spend hours talking on. <laughs> um, but we, uh, just the, the transformation, um, that you went through in that time frame. I mean, I, I went through a transformation as well, but I remember when you came into the pod and, and I remember what you looked like and no matter how hard I tried to make you quit with those workouts. You stuck with it. And uh, to see that you stuck with it even after you got out and, and to see the transformation and, and to see how you're doing for yourself, um, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed and I'm really proud of you. I, I appreciate that. And I'm proud of you. And, you know, I, it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I remember how intense those workouts were. And it's like, it, it's harder than anything I've done since I got out, you know, and you and uh, John, you and John would not let me quit. I remember I wanted to, and you guys said, get on your knees. I don't care. Da, da, da. And uh, man, I didn't quit. And, and I was determined, but you know, it's because I wanted to show you guys, I was right there with you, you know, like I, I didn't want to feel, especially in that environment. <laughs> I didn't right. want to feel weak, you know, because I, right. I definitely look back at those times and I thank God that I had you and Big Show and, and uh, you know, just everybody on my side, you know, because 
I was definitely not a fighter, you know, or anything, if anything did go down. <laughs> right, right. But, but yeah, I just didn't, but, I, I wanted to show you guys that I could do it, you know? That you had the heart, that yep. no matter what, you, you wouldn't quit. Yeah. And, and, you know, you've got to take that same drive and determination um, into your daily struggle with sobriety. Um, you know, I've been three and a half years sober. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't drink. Um, it, it's before I, I drink. It was, it was to a point where it, it was out of hand, um, mixing the prescription pills and, and smoking pot, drinking, and just to, just to be able to function and survive through the day. Um, and you know, there, there's days when the stress, uh, of, of work and, and life in general, um, cause you know, it, it it's not a cakewalk it, it, and it's hard coming back and, and readjusting after you've been incarcerated. It is 100%. <laughs> and that is, is lying to you. Um, that that's that's a fact you know because yep. you, your your life is so structured when you're incarcerated you know they you stand for count you they, they tell you when to eat they they tell you when you can go outside they they you know and when you're able to make those own choices for yourself it it, it can be overwhelming at times um it uh... It, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying and, and not from my experience because, you know, I don't think, but I was, I ever got really that institutionalized, but I was in rehab with a gentleman and he had done like 10 out of the last 12 years and he couldn't even, he would open the fridge and just look because he didn't know how to make himself a sandwich. He couldn't make that choice. He just, you know, he couldn't. And I, and, and, it, and it broke my heart, you know, because the fact that, somebody can get that broken from being institutionalized is not okay. The system is broken. I've seen it from the inside. You've seen it. They don't give you enough food to eat. They don't give you enough religious textbooks or, 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 or 12 step program textbooks. They don't give you anything to better yourself unless you push, unless you push. Right. Right, uh, especially here locally, um, from what I've seen. I mean, which I only saw a small portion of it. Um, down the road, you you get a little bit more, but it's still not as not as much as what is needed. Um, you know, they there were guys where I was that they fought to get AA and NA meetings because they weren't they didn't have them, um, and they had to have a certain number of people that would agree to go to each meeting before they would allow a volunteer to come in. And that's ridiculous because in, in the textbook, it says all you need is two people and a book, you know what I mean? And some, shit, and some, and some hope. So that is absolutely absurd. And you know what? And it's not like there's a lack of volunteers to go in. I know in some areas there might be, but overall I would jump at that opportunity if I could, you know, if I could. And unfortunately, it, it's also the individuals. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the individual has to want to better themselves and and make that progress. And there's a lot of individuals who don't. 
Yeah, um, I, I remember a few people kind of teasing me for even reading my NA textbook in there. Remember? And yep. I would say, I need this to save my life. You know, and, I, and I've seen it, you know, just since I've been home on house arrest, guys that got out with me that have fallen back into that same circle, running with the same crowd, and they ended up back incarcerated. Um, just in, in, the shoot, in the few short months that I've been out. And it's sad. It really is. You know, because it, it seems to me that they don't have the motivation to want to change. Yeah, and, and, and they, they don't have the support system to give them the love and the belief in themselves to, to understand that they can make that change, you know? And, and right. it, takes, it takes that support system because I remember for me, I wasn't going to give up. And I, I mean, I wasn't going to stop using for anybody, anybody, anybody. And then I finally right. hit my bottom and then I found that support system, you know, and thank God I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be interviewing you right now. You know, I wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't be having a relationship with my son, but it's all about the support and the human connection. And thank God that we have, you know, I look back at some of the times in, in that pod and in some of my other times in jail and God, I had some of the best times with you guys, you know, and some of the best conversations and it's about the perspective that you're in there with. It really is. You know, you know? If, if you let it dictate your life and you let it get, get you down and you let it control you and you have that woe is me mentality, that's, that's what you're going to show and that's what you're going to exude if you don't let it get to you and you make the best of every situation and you know that better days are to come you know yeah every day is a test there's there's always going to be something that that, that pushes your buttons but you have to remember that you're a, a bigger individual than that and you can you can make progress um that's exactly right. And I, I, I have to say I'm blown away. You know, I'm, I am just incredibly proud of you just speaking with you right now. And, um, you know, so, so what, um, are you working right? You're working right now still, your job is still open through COVID. You're an essential worker. Yes. Okay. Yes. We, uh, they had cut us back to four days a week. Um, back at, at the height of it um but now we're actually working overtime um so we're and they're they're really pushing um they're actually they're working saturday um that's but good with, it, it is but and it's 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 just long hours and, it, and it's hard work i yes. mean it, you know it it's factory so um but you know I'm not going to lie to you. I worked in a factory for one day. <laughs> I couldn't cut it. I did it for I mean, one day. <laughs> I'm, I'm blessed that, you know, I, I've got a job. I like what I do. Um, so, you know, I, I could complain, but it wouldn't do any good because there's others out here who, who have lost their job. Who Amen. don't, you know, can't go to work. Um, so, you know, I, I count my blessings in, in that aspect even though it is tiresome and I'm ready for a vacation, but you know, <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. And you know, I, I feel that way all the time too, because I always think that there's, 
there's people that have it worse. And, you know, people always say that's so cliche and people always say that. And, you know, I say that because I'm grateful because I've had it worse. You know what I mean? So I'm just grateful for whatever I have right now because whether anybody else is having it bad right now, I've, I know where I've been. So the fact that, you know, I wake up every day grateful that I have a roof over my head. I have something to eat. I don't have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning for those breakfast bags, you know? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the little things, you know? And, and I think that's why I'm always so positive. And I, and, and I think that's why you can stay positive too, is because when you've been the places that we've been, whatever we have, we're like, this is amazing. You know, this is, this is where I need to be, you know, right. it's beautiful. It, it, it's, you know, you, you carry the memories and you carry the scars of the past. Um, you can hope for the future, but you, you, you have to make the present. Yep. You, you it, it is what you make it, you know, you let somebody's attitude affect you they win you you get pissed off you get upset you get frustrated it, it doesn't do any good that's exactly right um you know I, I i used to be very reactionary and i think that people that get really pissed off and 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 go off the wall like that are just reactionary people and i had to learn to respond instead of react and the minute i started sitting on my hands thinking and responding and giving it a thoughtful action as my response, my life got infinitely better because I was making the right decisions. And that's the thing is that you just have to soak it in and, right. and take things in and you don't have to respond right away. You know, you don't have to be right there. I, I thank God that he's changed my ways because there are some instances where I'm like, you know, the old me would have done something really really terrible yep. you know and or or, or cussed you up one side and down the other and it, it, the outcome wouldn't be beneficial to anybody no and that's exactly right you know when you give a negative response you're going to get a negative action right or when you give a negative action you're going to get a negative response and that's benefiting no one so that's been my big thing lately is we need to just meet each other where we're at, right? Instead of expecting everybody to come with us and be, oh, woe is me, let's meet each other where we're at because somewhere we have all been through something similar, right? So we can right. all grow together. And right now, more than anything, whether you are a felon, whether you are uh, in recovery, whether you are in active addiction, whether you are currently incarcerated, whether you are a millionaire, we are all going through the same shit right now it, it's affecting yeah. everyone everyone's lives are changed so no one is is different right now and i think we all need to realize that and and the people that are struggling right now and are out of work and are not able to get the things that they need step up you know what i mean if you can help people step up that's what life's about and it's not about helping people with money pick up a phone and give somebody a phone call that needs a human connection, you know, because people are lonely right now. Check, check on people, you know, check that, on people, love people. You know, since I was so isolated when I was incarcerated, you know, I had the people, I had a handful of people that, um, 
on the outside that kept in touch. Um, Grammy religiously came to visit me. Uh, she would bring my daughter when she could. Um, and there were a few people that I could, family members that I could call, but there was a lot of people that it, it just, they, they reached out and the message was never passed along to me. Um, and I, I was made to feel isolated. Um, and since I've been home, just the, the people who've reached out and said, Hey, you know, I tried to, I tried to call you. I, I tried to, you know, get in touch. You know, I, I tried to send messages along and it, it's just the influx of, uh, affection, I, I would say, um, you know, to know that there are people out there that, that care, um, was overwhelming, you know, got guys that I haven't seen or talked to from the military, you know, Hey, you know, tried to get in touch with you. You've been thinking about you, you know, you've been on my mind. It's just glad to see your home. You know, that that's, that's been a big one, you know, and guys that they'll, they'll text me and they'll, they'll call me religiously. Like at least once a week, they're calling me, checking in on me. Hey, you're doing good. And if I don't hear from them, I know that that's my, my spot to step up and reach out to them at that point. Say, Hey, look, I haven't heard from you. You doing all right. You know, is there anything I can do? Exactly. And it's all about building a network, whether it's within a 12 step fellowship or whether it's just within a group of like-minded people that you like to be around having a network of people that you do have uh, constant communication with that can hold you accountable and you also hold them accountable, right? That is the key to maintaining, uh, you know, clean time and sobriety 100%. You know, I, I, I think because that was huge for me when I got clean it was, if I'm not at this place that I said I would be, you know something's wrong, right? Because I needed right. that accountability. And that's what that network's there for. And then they're calling. And that's, and, and it's a beautiful thing to hear that for you, you know, because it's, and I know, I think you added me on Facebook when you got out is I think how I knew you were out or I don't yeah. remember, but I remember I was super yeah. stoked. Um, yep. I, I, look, I looked you up on, on Facebook once I, uh, I was home for a couple of weeks and uh, I got my, finally got my phone and uh, I pulled out my little black book from, from when I was locked up and started looking up individuals that I knew that were, uh, that were out that I had done time with, you know, cause you know, I, I'm, I'm a man of my word. If I say I'm going to keep in touch with you, I'm going to try my hardest to keep in touch with you. Um, yeah. I, I love it. And I'm, I'm the same way. And it, you know, and it's, it's hard when you get out though, because people's numbers change and then, you know, you only know so much of how to get, of how to find people. But I mean, there's still people that I go on to the um, BADOC website and I'll look up to see what their release date was that I was in there with. Cause I want to know what happened with their case. And I want to know right. because you get to know these people and that they have families and they have, they have, uh, you know, lives and, and they are more than just the charges they are facing and the things that they are done. Everyone has a story. And, yep. and I think that's huge because we forget that when you see an F next to somebody's name, you know, and I know for me, I'm a, I, I'm a felon and I own it and I get it, you know, and it's like, 
I didn't realize until I was a felon how much putting that check mark on a box meant, you know? And right. And I think that it is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous that that it can affect somebody's life so much when some felonies are not egregious. Right. Now there's certain well, things I, I get, but Right. Right. Yeah, but it, regardless, you know, you, you say, tell somebody that you're a convicted felon, they look at you differently. They do. Um, they do. You know, and, and w without, without even hearing the story, without even knowing the nature of the charge, they just automatically judge you. Well, you're a felon. You, you're a bad person. Well, hold on a second. You know, maybe there's a reason, you know, let, let me tell you the story. Yeah, and you know what? Let, let me explain to you what happened, and then we can go from there. And just because that happened in my past I, doesn't mean I'm letting that define who I am. Absolutely. You are absolutely right. You cannot let your past define you, and, and that's been my big thing lately is so many people hold on to people's past or their own past. You know, it doesn't matter what you did 20 years ago. I want to know what you did yesterday. That's going to make you the best version of yourself tomorrow, right? Because if we keep holding on to things that we did when we were in our, in our youth, and if our greatest accomplishment happened when we were 22 years old, you need to rethink your life, you know? At least that's, that's what I believe, you know, because we should always be growing, and we should always be searching for that next great accomplishment. Otherwise, what are you living? You're not living life, right? You're, it's called complacency. And for me, right. complacency you're, you're means I'm going to go get high. Right. And, and I you, you go ahead. You're you're lagging a little bit, so I'm. I'm <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. That's what the editing's for to piece that back together. You know, I can piece that back. Yeah, I got you. Uh, no, but, but you know, it it's just like. The, the things that I see you do, like you're, you're doing this podcast to, to get information out there. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your, your cycling class. And, and so you're, you're actively trying to help individuals um, and not just people that, you know, yeah. so that that's, that's an inspiration. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, I get a lot of, praise and people tell me that they're proud of me all the time and stuff like that and and in, in no way shape or form do I ever do this for me you know I want to hear from everyone I want to have my inbox and my dms filled with people wanting to be interviewed because I want to hear less of my voice and I want to hear more from the people I want to hear more from the people you know because everyone does have a story and and that's exactly right I just want this to be an outlet for people that that either want to share or they just need to listen to somebody that might be going through what they're going through right now, you know? Right. So somebody that they can relate to even. Exactly. You know, a, a similar, a similar situation, you know, cause everybody's everything that each of us is going through is slightly different from what somebody else is going through. So you, I don't know what you're going through but this is what i've been through mm -hmm. and i can kind of relate i can kind of relate but it's different 
Exactly. I like to say you walk in your style in your pair of shoes and I walk in my pair of shoes. They're different, but we're both wearing shoes, right? <laughs> so we're similar, but we're different. Right. <laughs> I love it. A little, little traffic. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but no, that, I mean, it's, it's, it is, we, we are all similar, but we are different, you know, and, and I think that we forget that in life, you know, we're all made up of blood. We're all made up of skin. We're all made up of water and air and, you know, the same molecules, you know, our skin's just different colors and our, uh, we're from different areas and we might speak different languages and have different beliefs, but we are all human beings. Yep. And I think that jail teaches you that being incarcerated kind of teaches you that, you know, because I mean, I don't, I never went down the road, so I don't know about the separation and stuff like that. But when I was in with you, you know, I, I felt like in there, we really didn't see color. In, in the local jail, not as much. Yeah. Um, there, down the road, I can't speak. Down, down the road that there is, um, you know, cause there's gangs and, and all that, which, I didn't get involved in any of that, um, but you know there there's select individuals who, when we were in the, the local jail, uh, they saw color, um, and, and I I picked up on it. I noticed it, but it, I didn't let it affect me, and I didn't let it affect my mentality. I'm gonna look at you different because of how you carry yourself and how you present yourself. But I'm not going to treat you as any less of a human being because of that. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I think that maybe just the group that I was around, it was just lucky because I, I look at all of you guys and I'm, I have nothing negative to say about anybody that I spent time incarcerated with, you know, that I actually spent serious time getting to know. Right. I do. I do remember the day before I went to court. I was about to get in a fight. I remember that with that uh, young kid from Fauquier. We were playing poker or something, and I like went to go walk in the shower or whatever. And thank God he didn't follow me in. And everybody was like, "Are you really about to do this? You get out tomorrow or something." <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Yeah, because I was yeah. all I was stressed out because I didn't know what was going to happen in my case. Right. Right. You know, but. Um, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's fascinating. And I, I'm, I am so proud of you and I couldn't, I, I just want you to know that. And I, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart as somebody who has been in, in a similar place as you and who, who just knows the struggle, but in a different sense of restarting and, you know, of, of trying to just reset. And, um, I just, I think that you are, are, are just, on the right path. And I, I, I just want to, I just want to say that just, just don't ever give up, you know, cause yeah, I know you won't, but you went, you never let me give up. So I'm never going to let you give up. So I'm going to promise you that now. Thank you. Thank you for holding me accountable in that aspect. It, yep. uh, it, it, it hasn't been easy. Um, it's, it's definitely been a struggle, um, with, with some of the things that I, I've had to deal with. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to put all my personal business out there because there's. And I would never ask, you know, that's. It, it's a mess. It, it's not heading in a right, in a, in a good direction. Um, yeah. But 
you know, I, I try to look at the silver lining in the situation, um, you know, and I, I think I'm better off for what what's happening and what I'm going through. Um, and, you know, I just have to build on that. And like we said, not let it define who we are. All it's going to do is give you um, um, a, a stronger foundation, right? And I think that that's something that, that is great with you. And I think that that's something that faith gives us. I think that that's something that the 12-step process gives us. I think that, that um, it gives us a foundation out of stone instead of sand, right? right? You are building a solid foundation that you can build upon so that when you do feel weight, it's not going to give way. You know, you have that concrete foundation to hold you up. And I, rem- I still remember you doing your Bible studies. I still do it religiously every morning. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that and sending them out and getting them back and graded. And I think you got one of your oh, certificates yeah. when I was there. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually ended up, I ended up getting the Bible um, from doing the, all those, um, those studies. Um, and I took that with me down the road. Actually, it's the, the main Bible that I use um, daily. Um in, in my devotions. Um, so I, I love it. I, 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 again, I'm just like glowing because I'm just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great because let me just tell you, I have, I've touched base, you know, with people that I have gotten out of being incarcerated with. And, um, most of them are not in a place that you are in. You are one of the few, you know, and, and, and that speaks volumes and, and that's something to be proud of. And I, I, I know I kept, keep saying it and I know I shouldn't because I hate it when people say it to me, but it's just real because people do need to hear from people that are doing the right things, right? Because so many people think, like we said earlier, of felons or people in recovery or dr- just drug addiction and they think of all the negatives. You know, right. they don't think of, of you and they don't think of of like people like me that just want to help other human beings. I don't care if you're in recovery or not. I just want to know you. Right. You know, and how can I help you? And, and we need more of that. Absolutely. And not, not just that, you know, being, I, I know that you have, have a child. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I have a daughter um, yep. and, and part of, that recovery and that rebuilding process is being a good parent. Um, and that's one of the biggest struggles that I'm having is making that connection, you know, cause I was, I was gone for three years, over yeah. three years, um, you know, and, and rebuilding that relationship. And, and it's, and it's hard at times. I, I know exactly what you're, you're talking about, you know, Matthew, my son, um, I lost him when he was about 18 months old. And I think the total amount of hours I have spent with my son, um, up until my last trip to Virginia, between all of my visitation time would equal under 100 hours in his life and that I've spent around him. And this last trip was the first time that I got to have my son for an overnight. And I got to, um, you know, just remember what it was like to be a father. And I will tell you, 
the only suggestion I can give is that the connection's always there. You just have to not try. Because the minute I stopped worrying about how Matthew felt towards me or if it would be awkward, it was just beautiful. You know, I, I, I don't even know how to, to describe it, you know. And then you could see the tone in his voice change, you know, in the way that he spoke right. towards me. And it went away from being afraid to spend time with me to I can't wait to spend all day with you tomorrow. And that was the most amazing probably moment of my clean time, right? What was that moment? Right. But but you know, it take it does take time. It does take time because you know, I I've been clean now for three and a half years and you know, I, I just now got that time in that, in that moment, but it's there. You know what I mean? It, it's not like that, that connection's not there. Right. It's right. It's just, right. you can't worry about it. You just got to remember that's your baby girl. And that is your, and, and that you're her dad. And that is, and, and, the, and it'll just be, you know, and I know, you know, that I know you do. And I see it yeah. in your face, and I see it in all your pictures with her, you know? And I yeah. love it. And that lights up my heart more than knowing that you're out of jail, right? It's knowing that you do have that connection with your daughter. Because when we're locked up, that's what we're dreaming of, right? Absolutely. And that's you what know, we're dreaming of. It's just to hold them, to, to, to give them a, a, a hug, you know. And, and down the road, you, you have contact visits, but it's not the same. Because it's only for a short amount of time. And then, and then they leave and you're isolated again. Exactly. And then you're sitting with those thoughts that you just had with them, those precious moments. And that's like the hope that gets you through to the next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's for me, that, that's what was my motivation and my driving force to, to keep my nose clean, to not fall in with the wrong crowds, to not do certain things that, you know, would would have been convenient you know to to fall into um in that environment um especially down the road you know it that was my motivation to to come home you know and to to now stay out to you know since i've been on house arrest there's certain rules and restrictions and guess what I, I follow by those rules and restrictions because I don't want to be taken away from my daughter again plain and simple I don't want to disappoint her exactly you know what you have to do and you know that you're going to do it because if you don't there's no other option right it's just like with staying clean I wake up every day and I make that choice and it's a choice I wake up every day and I decide that I'm not going to use drugs or alcohol because I know that if I do, I'm going to kill myself, right? That's, I, there's, if I go back out, I'm not going, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind, right? I know the way I am. I'm 100% all in or all out. You know that. <laughs> I have, right. I don't see gray. And that's why I never gave up. And, and that's the thing is if I start using again, I won't give up on using drugs. So I'm not going to give up on my recovery. And I'm not going to give up on my son. And, and I think that's one of the things that the podcast is great for, for me and, and just how open I've been in my recovery with the articles that I wrote and things like that is 
I don't want to give up on everyone that sees my story and and has and you know uses the uses me as an example to get clean. You know, I don't want them to see me fall because then they're going to fall. Right. And and that's my biggest fear is not letting myself down, but letting my family down again and stuff like that because I have those connections back that I lost. I think we got some good stuff, though. I, I, I think so, too, bud. I don't want to keep you too long because I know that you've been busy. And, uh, you know, I have, I have hep C. I'm, I have, and I have been – I, like, wanted to cancel the interview because I was in bed all day, like, unable to get out of bed. But we said we were going to do this, and I'm here. Right. So I was like, just give me a minute. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, was, I had a rough day at work, and I thought about texting you and saying, hey, no, nah, we're not going to do it. But I was like, no, nah, you know what? I told Boomer we're going to do it. Damn it, I'll drink a cup of coffee and we're going to do this yeah. thing. Hell yeah. Well, I'm glad we did and, and we'll do it again Absolutely. as well. You know, and this will probably ha- get, I'll probably get two or three segments from this. I'm going to do it as my segment's called Pod Talk. That's what I'm going to do because I want to have different people that I was in with and, and check in with them and see what we're doing to better ourselves. Nice. And I'm glad that you have a positive story, you know, because I'm sure that I'm going to have some that aren't. So I, I tried. I mean, there, there's, like I said, there's some things that I could, put out there but it's personal business and i'm not i'm not gonna delve into that exactly exactly that's for a later date right (laughs) right Right. absolutely i I love you man i'm so proud of you love you too man keep your head up all right you too all right all right man later thank you for tuning in to another episode of the pink cloud podcast Nick, I wish you nothing but all of the happiness that you deserve in your life for you and your little girl. If no one told you that they love you today, that they believe in you today, that they are proud of you today, I am all of those things for you. Again, thank you for listening in. This is the Pink Cloud Podcast. Oh baby, why can't you see that I can't just